Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. We have uh, an OG homie from literally, was it fourth grade? Kindergarten. Was it kindergarten? Remember the picture of us? You had your nice <laughs> Sally Jesse Raphael glasses on. No, I didn't have glasses yet then. No. But I think I, I had like bangs and I was like looking at the floor and you're like in looking at the back or something. Yeah. <laughs> which is still the same look you do, which is perfect. I'm going to have to dig that out for this post. Yes. Um, yes. But literally known each other forever. So kindergarten, so elementary school, middle mm-hmm. school, high school, we played lacrosse together. Mm-hmm. Did you play field hockey? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> it's all a blur. <laughs> Someone had a stick. Um... <laughs> But today, uh, I'm going to let Jessica do her intro, as I always do for everybody, but I, I like to do a lot of podcasts or conversations around stuff that's coming up anyways. So instead of like seeking out topics, which some of those I do, just stuff I want to talk about, but when it keeps coming up in conversation, I kind of know like, okay, that's like something we should talk about on Tumor Tequila and like dig into it. So, um, you know, as we're, we're in a social world and we're in a fitness and health and lifestyle world, Uh, But amongst all these things is the question of alcohol, Mm -hmm. to drink or not to drink. Um, That's really what William Shakespeare was wondering. Um, (laughs) To be or not to be, in case I lost anyone. Anyways, uh, and now it's kind of at this, it's like, you know, the tumor continue, the whole base of it is like balance. Mm -hmm. You don't have to cut out any one thing or what have you. It's about monitoring yourself and keeping things in alignment. However, with alcohol, and this is what we're going to kind of unpack today, um, you know, the, the cause and effects, what it really costs. Is it really worth it? Cause it is an important piece of society. Um, all of the above, cause it is such a relevant piece of our world and it's starting, I think even younger and younger. So we're going to wrap on all that. But before we do, Jessica, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're getting into now. She just recently started a company. Go ahead and put that on blast. If you sure. so wish to. Well, first happy new year's Eve. Oh yes. So I'm, very yes. apropos yes. having a conversation on a night when people are Maybe imbibing a little bit more. And we'll cheers knows. too. Yes. Yes. To 2020, man. Woohoo. A new decade. Here we are. A blast. Yes. Um, yeah. So. So serendipitous. Yeah. Um, Jess Crow. Known you forever and ever. Facts. Um, I am a, what am I? A human being starting there. Place. <laughs> I think um, we are. I'm professional friend. Yeah. I just started a company called Apogee www.apogee.biz. We spell that. A-P-O-G-Y. Yeah, not okay. like A-P-O-G-E. A-P-O-G-Y. Yeah. A-P-O-G-Y. Got yep. it. Yep. It's an online training company. So this podcast, all about disruption in an elegant way, right? What's the... Graceful disruption. Graceful disruption, yes. right? I'm trying to disrupt the higher education, professional development space, providing online training for people who want to up-level their skill set in uh, the workplace and also help bridge that gap between being a human doing and being a human being. So mm-hmm. a little bit more mindful. And started She was in, in not September. to interrupt your flow, yeah, but yeah. how long were you in the corporate world? Uh, over 15 years. Okay. So, like so right out the gate. Stem from, from really authentic space. Yeah, yeah. A lot of aggressive <laughs> corporate ladder climbing. Um, and then just realized this is no longer the right place for me to continue to learn and grow and serve. Um, and part of that actually stems from, I'm also a yoga teacher. I uh, started teaching this year and that was one sort of, I don't want to say nail in the coffin, but maybe yeah. maybe it was for the, my corporate career where I realized, you know, this is no longer kind of my people. My people is maybe more in this space. 
Um, so yep, so have my own business, teach yoga on the professional front. And then on a personal front, I'm a wife of 12 years. Been with my husband for. Congrats on that. Thank I you. said for 12 years. Married. Yeah, we've been together for like 18 years. What? Trevor, yeah. Wow. Crazy. Have we been out of college that long? Like 17, I guess. Oh, actually. 17. Seriously? So I'm a year off. Yeah. That's like a whole human. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks for reinforcing how old we are. Hashtag Botox. <laughs> okay. I'm here yep. for it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Just young. Yeah. Um, so we've had that. And then I've got two kiddos. I've got an eight year old. Uh, and then I've also got a little man uh, who's five Adorable and sweeties. adopted him through the foster system. So we've been foster parents, had a whole journey with that and infertility and all sorts of fun stuff. But um, what I love about, you know, kind of where we're at is that I feel very much like everything has sort of unfolded for a reason and yeah. I'm where I'm supposed to be and my family's where it's supposed to be. So yeah, that's yes. my bio, my quick and dirty. Love. Um, well, I really love right off the bat that it's, I mean, you genuinely have have had this really authentic balance of like super work experience and then super life experience. Like I think, I mean, we are older, but like you guys went through some stuff. I mean the fertility and like adoption and all that's a lot. That's like, yeah. and that's your personal world alongside a really, you know, High intense stress, demanding. Yeah. yeah. Corporate situation. So that in itself will, you know, wear you down or make you stronger. And I think it was, yeah. you know, again, like really good experience. So I'd love having these conversations when, you know, people like you can sit to the table and be like, mm. I've actually been on both sides. Been there, done that. Here's we've yep. been, and here's my helmet in case you need it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely builds empathy for. I mean, honestly, I do think it does. I think going through really rough stuff helps yeah. create an awareness and space for understanding for other people who are going through those things. Which is why I was excited to talk, and am excited to talk to you about you know today alcohol and kind of that balance that we you know struggle with or maybe don't struggle with, but how it's so prevalent in society and the impact it has on reducing stress, which was kind of, yeah. I think, the big thing over the past. If I could mark the my 30s, I think stress was sort of a, a common theme and um, well, we for didn't, many people it is. Yeah, well, it absolutely is. And I think, you know, our young people have gotten better about um, understanding, like, self-care and yep. what you need to do, even if it's, like, stepping away or meditating or massages we didn't grow up with that, or at least no. I didn't, you know, of that mindset, even as athletes. It was never like, the training room is where you go when you're injured. It's not like you go there for a recovery ice bath or maintenance or anything like that. Like, it was right. never that mindset now. And I actually have a lacrosse friend that's starting a mindset business for high school students. And nice. I think he's he's getting out of the corporate situation. He's actually a teacher. And they're, like, cutting a salary. But, um, so he's, like, venturing on his own. But the, I think his timing's perfect because now it's relevant in that younger space. Thank mm-hmm. goodness, because I... The theme of all my podcasts, regardless of what it is, it's kind of gone back to like self-care, self-awareness and like discovering who you are. Um, Even when you said like I was in the corporate world and I figured out these aren't my people. Well, they probably really never were. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just didn't know it yet. And so many times in my life where I'm like, no wonder I didn't feel like I really fit in because that's not really your tribe. And like you don't actually want to be doing that. And you're out of alignment with core values and so many other things like no wonder it didn't fit. Oh, but we like the same sport. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I think there's lessons to be learned. Like it definitely met a need that needed to be fulfilled yeah. for a long time. Like I had a lot of ambition and I knew what I, you know, I wanted certain things and I think that worked yeah. until I sort of hit all my goals and then I lost my sense of purpose. I was like, okay, well now what? Yeah. It's just more of the same and kind of when is enough enough? Um, so that's when, and I think it, it was in that point too, where I realized, okay, I can just keep making money to buy more things and that doesn't seem 
like a very fulfilling right. life. Well, it you is know? when you're younger. Yeah, it when fills you're your younger. cup until totally. it doesn't. And it's like, totally. okay, well, I, I have a closet full of shit. I don't know what I'm going to do with. Right. No and then at that point, you're like, okay. So, but it's hard to walk away from, you know, I was actually nervous for the introduction because I, I kind of hate that. Like, who are you? What do you do? And yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I hate, I hate putting labels on who I am based on what I've accomplished or what I've done. Yeah. Um, and I think that creates space for, you know, it, it made it hard for me to leave the corporate space because I'd put so much of my identity into being mm-hmm. a successful professional that when I decided to walk away, I was like, well, what am I now? You know, well, and I'm that's... just a mom or I'm just this, which is just <laughs> Which are all huge true. hats to wear. Right, yeah. But I mean, you see well, yeah, that in, too. you know, with the pro athletes, even college athletes when they retire, it does get wrapped so much into your identity. And that's why I love these conversations. So while they're in it, they can have some awareness of like, okay, I'm going to be done with this at some point. I'm not going to go to the NFL yeah. or I'm going to graduate and be a doctor or a, a parent or a corporate whatever. And you can have some awareness of like, you start to let go earlier on or have some balance in that thought process. Again, this was just new conversation for us. Um, but that tie to like our identity, I think in our society, we're so, that's what you do. You mm-hmm. figure out your identifying factors and then you cling to them like nothing else. Yeah. And that's it. And then when you take it away, of course, all hell breaks loose. Right. Because then you don't know who you are. Right. And then you just spend a lot of money to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of therapy, a lot of coaching. Yeah. <laughs> all the card readers. A lot readers. of clothes, not Yes. Um, well, so on that note, and I think all of this kind of stems back to, like, before we were recording, we talked about how, you know, the five people in your world are the most impacting or your immediate environment, no matter how strong of a human you are or how much work you've done. Mm-hmm. If you stay in something long enough, it really does chip away and start, you start to lose grasp on who you really are. Right. Um, and I think, and we said this, you know, anything in, in excess is, you know, poison. Fitness, mm-hmm. counting carbs, dieting, you know, anything that might look healthy on paper is, and it gets to that too much factor, it becomes detrimental. It's like positive and negative addictions. If it's an addiction, it's an addiction. Right. And if it's, yeah, that's not a good thing in any case. So. Right. Well, it's, I mean, I think it's just, you know, constant, like, cost-benefit analysis, which it sounds a little formal, but really just checking in and being like, okay, how do I actually feel about this? And I think that's where we come in with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess and I are very good at spring break. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, Jeez. what it is. Yeah. Cheers, here, here. You know, I really do, um, genuinely do enjoy tequila, hence I named the entire show after it. Uh, (laughs) And the whole point is like the turmeric and tequila, the balance, because figuring out this balance, you know, in training and competing, you, there was times where, you know, we didn't drink or we didn't, you know, go out or do anything. It was all about like waking up and feeling like a hundred percent, being able to train and then max out a hundred percent. And it wasn't hard not to drink. That being said, I always felt like I was missing out and it wasn't Mm -hmm. like I, you know, I can't get wasted tonight it's like I can't have a glass of wine with dinner and then it's just I'm not good with limitations in general like mm-hmm. most time I, I wouldn't I would, like I don't drink during the week now at all anyways yeah but knowing that I couldn't or, I, I, or there was some limitation there it wouldn't bode well for me but the second you take it away I think you notice how much it's everywhere yeah and all the time have you ever like abstained from alcohol? Oh, or yeah, take yeah. Time? When I went through my yoga teacher training, actually, okay. I did a sober October that sort of carried into November. So I did two months um, of not drinking, and yeah, the first when I stopped going out with people, there was this like, oh, you're gonna, you know, like don't judge us for drinking because yeah. you're not, and that was something that kind of came up, but. Um, it is, it's everywhere. And it, there's almost like this stigma. If you're not drinking, like why, like what's, you know, what's your motivation for not doing that? And, um, 
I think people like, assume. Problem. Yeah, I was going to say they assume. Stopping. Like, yeah. you've got to hit, like, rock bottom. It's like, well, no, maybe I just don't want the carbs, which I would never say that. But it's, you, I, you know, I don't want the carbs. Or I don't want to, yeah. I'm cutting out whatever. Or I'm doing Whole30. Or I have a, an event. Or I've got to drive my kids. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but people always do assume, like, oh, were you an alcoholic? Yes. Yes. Like, well, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, no, I'm just I'm doing a lot of yoga <laughs> all the time. I wear tight pants all the time. We got to keep this, you know, what I'm saying. Everybody's real. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. But it's it's funny though, and so I've got you know people in my life too that have uh, decided to stop drinking, mm-hmm. either abstain or just you know take pauses here and there. But there is this stigma around if you stop, then something's something happened that led to you making that decision that's negative versus just making a decision to be healthy or yeah. because you've got things that you want to get done and drinking doesn't support, you know, you getting stuff accomplished. Right. Well, and I, once you, if you've ever abstained, I think we didn't drink for, I don't know, well, in college we didn't drink during the week at all because we mm-hmm. had training and practice. It was not even a thing. It was even, definitely not my college experience. Even, I know. Most people say, they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, dude, I swear. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm still raging now. Um, but like, you, we literally couldn't do it. And like our coach, I mean, you're just too miserable when you have to wake up, which wasn't worth it. Yeah. So when you have that like accountability factor, that's going to like smoke the shit out of you. Like you will be, it's painful when you try and play on both sides. Yeah. And I definitely push the line, but taking that time off, I think you really start to learn and see like the appreciation and admiration you have for people that really stick to it. And they're like, no, I actually just really don't want to do this addiction or not. Yeah. And all the more championing if they, if they, it was an addiction situation, cause it's that much harder knowing not only that you don't want to do it anymore. Again, it's everywhere in life and it's socially, socially acceptable to do it at all times. Mm-hmm. Even if you're going to drive home, even if you're going to a wedding or a baby shower or whatever situation, it might seem like it might not be socially acceptable. It pretty much is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So abstaining and, and being in that, that environment all the time is, it's kind of crazy. And I don't think you really realize how hard that is until you try and take <laughs> a breather. Take time off. Yeah, yeah. And recognize, you know, how relevant it is in our world. Um, and not only just like drinking for fun, but culturally, like wine yeah. at church or like, you know, religiously. Communion. communion. <laughs> yeah. God knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have that now? Yeah. Most, okay. I mean, I, I used to, I was Catholic, but am no The longer. kids don't drink wine, right? No, they, um, uh, no. They, I mean, I actually don't remember. I haven't been in the Catholic Church in a really long time. Uh, the church that we go to now, they had, they don't even serve communion anymore. They just have, they used to have grape juice and like gluten-free bread. Very, oh. very much. Oh my, trend. yes, Stapleton, I see you. <laughs> okay. I think they're trying to serve, you know, I'll help everybody out. Um, I'm with it. No, yeah, I, I, I think there's, just, there is a growing, uh, I think there's more people that would probably abstain if it, well, I say that kind of tongue in cheek. I think there's a lot of people who don't want to drink, but it's so much around them yeah. that they almost feel like, okay, if I don't, then that's, you know, then I'm going to miss out on something or, yeah. um, it's just, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's almost glamorized to some degree. And so not oh, drinking sure. is really, can be really hard. Yeah. Well, I think it came up a lot in our conversations and other conversations I was having where, we were talking about like, dang, like I want to feel good for yoga. I want to feel good for CrossFit training or just waking mm-hmm. up. It impacts like I can tell my creativity. Although like one like gin drink, like, and I can write like I'm creative. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that, it's kind of like, okay, I just think it's good and it's not actually. Yeah. But so there's like that window. Yeah. But in otherwise, like it's, I think it's something kind of, I struggle with because I, I love having a drink or two. I love. Yeah the socialization around it. I love the way it's community or celebratory. And even if it's like a champagne glass or a drink, you know, on New Year's Eve, you know, 
I'm down with that. And I'm okay with like moderation. Usually I'm like, all right, if we're going in, like I like to dance party and like we're going to turn up. But having that balance is awesome. But then on the flip side, it's like, well, for a couple of drinks, does it really matter? Yeah. Like, do you, do you really care that much? Well, no. And I don't know. It's, it's kind of this continuous like conversation of like, well, if it costs money, it costs alcohol or uh, calories. It costs, you know, so many other, it could cost relationships or, you know, legal issues. Like there's so many angles. Like when you really do, again, that cost benefit analysis, it's like, well, is it really well, I, worth it? I think it's a balance piece though that people struggle with. Like having one or two glasses is, is, you know, not kind of going above and beyond where you should yeah. be. But I don't think that's how our culture drinks. I think most of us learned how to drink alcohol maybe in high school. For me, mm-hmm. it was definitely college. I, the year we graduated, it was we were the number one party school in America. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, you're <laughs> – I, I mean, I think American culture just has not quite figured out how to, how to drink um, yeah. conservatively or how to drink in moderation – I think there's lots of people who do know how to do that. I think there's lots of people who don't drink. I think there's lots of people who can mindfully consume alcohol, but there's definitely this undercurrent of consuming alcohol in excess. Like binge drinking is very common and, and not just like going out and getting thunder drunk or whatever, you know, I haven't even heard that. I will reuse (laughs) it. Okay. Thunder drunk. That that happens. But I think people, you know, if you're drinking multiple drinks, uh, more than two, right. You're, you're, you're kind of going in that direction and it is so common. I mean, I live in a neighborhood where you can drink at the pools and oh, in the really? summertime, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I had an article in the local newspaper, like parents, please stop drinking so much at the pools because the high schoolers who are watching your kids are sick of, you know, you not being <laughs> watching wow. your own kids. Wait, yeah. do they all drive home though? I mean, I know you guys are all close, I mean, everybody rides but... bikes. I mean, you oh, get a, okay. Well, that makes know, me feel a little bit around. better. I mean, hopefully people aren't driving, but I just think having, you know, there's just, a, it's very acceptable to yeah. consume lots of drinks regardless of your age. You know, reg- I just think that's just kind of how culturally, um, yeah. it, it, it's I'm not surprised uncommon. they did that. Do you think it would be better if like they did they had a rule like no drinking but like didn't enforce it so there was like a like less people that did it but like they still kind of did it on the sly because my family would have. No, it feels like prohibition to me. Like, you, oh, okay. <laughs> so you think it's better that it's like free reign, go with it. Yeah, because then you almost like see it and you can kind of you know be present to it and yeah you know like help each other out, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it shouldn't be allowed. I don't know. I bet you it's, I, I, I would think, think honestly, <laughs> I mean, guessing, I, I would, I would bet it's probably pretty much the same. Like if they're going to drink, they're going to drink. If it's not enforced, if it was like yeah, hard, they're going to put it in like a water bottle yeah. or something. I mean, again, that's how we grew up. Like, yeah. what I was like, my parents were never getting super lit. <laughs> I know if I don't know, but right. like it was, I mean, it was kind of always a thing and then other parents always did, but it wasn't like, yeah. don't drink at our soccer games or don't do this. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Actually, was it, we we played on the same soccer team? We did. Yeah, we were like oh and eight thousand high school. Probably it was middle school because is that I, middle school it was still. Middle school. Yeah. Okay. But see, that's the thing though. People weren't drinking at soccer games back in the day. Like my parents. Yeah, I don't now, think my parents were. You know, it's the weekend. People are packing Trulies and White Claws and heading to their kids' games. Yeah. Like it's just very, and that's just for adults. But I would imagine, even yeah, younger, like it's you know. Well, there's there's actually there's a lot a to unpack there, <laughs> dude. I know I can't even get into that. I really can't. Like, I'd rather just hit a flask a couple times and drink two big old Trulies. 
Um, I like them. <laughs> I know most people do, but I just I don't do sweet very much. Like yeah. this is like a, we're drinking tequila sodas, my famous uh, <laughs> very low count margarita. Um, it's just too sweet for me. But I will say this: I think that drinking at young sporting youth games, I think that's more of a conversation. It's gotten so crazy and so competitive, and parents are losing their own lives and their own personal interests. So it's getting entirely invested in the kids. That's a whole other podcast. Mm -hmm. But that in itself would absolutely drive me to drink because it's like, (laughs) okay, here comes Mr. Smith again. You know he's never played a sport in his life, but he's going to give us a full dissertation on what the kicker should do and how the fullback's laying back and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay. Because even as a coach, I was like, okay, sir, you never played women's lacrosse, so let's just breathe. And it was a whole thing. So, <laughs> well, they started this thing. So, with my kids' soccer, they're like, please be quiet. Like, they have this whole entire mantra for families now, mantra oh. for parents, where it's like, don't talk, don't even cheer. Uh, I'm kidding. It's not that. It, oh, know, intense, like, wow. But it's, it's like, don't coach your kids from the sidelines and have a good attitude. And they're talking about parents because. Is it working? Um,. That's actually really good. I think so. I think people, I, I, again, this was the first year that I experienced it with my oldest being in kind of a, like okay. a rec plus and they're, they're select as well for a certain soccer. Um, yeah, parents get intense and yeah. very competitive and they're living vicariously through their eight-year-olds. Uh, yeah, they got to take a turn. I will go back to the alcohol conversation, but yeah. I literally started one of my many IGs, um, compete honorably, which was literally no business agenda, not sitting there to be monetized yeah. or sold or whatever, but it was a pledge where it's like, I'm not going to monitor you. And this again, when I was coaching Grandview High School, um, women's varsity lacrosse, it wasn't about like the rules and regulations, which are all necessary and I'm completely a fan of. Uh, but it was like this like self-accountability. I'm like, there's no conversation around like, okay, I'm telling you not to do this, but also you look like an asshole. And like, this mm-hmm. isn't, but this isn't so becoming for the parents or this for anyone, like any oh, athletes I put, I got to revamp it. And it was literally just a pledge you sign online and everyone could see who did or didn't sign it. And there was, you know, no stipulations or sponsors. And it was purely like, I'm reading this. I pledge to compete honorably. I'm minding my own behavior because it's a representation of me, mm-hmm. myself, my team, my country, whatever it might be. Um, and at the end of the day, we're responsible for ourselves. Like even if you get in trouble or you, you get called out on the play or whatever, you still look like an asshole. And it's not, it, you know, if it hurts another player or it's, I mean, it's almost kind of like drinking. Like, it's just not worth it if you're too much. Mm-hmm. So my, be mindful of yourself. Stop waiting for the ref to control you or a parent or anything else. Pull back. Or the, I had parents sign it too, saying like, okay, we're going to, you know, support our kids in this. And then we're going to, you know, be competitive and, and honorable on the sidelines, but in, in the right, you know, graceful way. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, God, this, this was... 10 years ago and I think there was like 200 people that had signed up and this was before social media really before anything yeah. um and all I really cared about was that my Grandview team got it and my parents got it yeah so we could like you know negate some of those conversations and I do I think it I think it worked even if it just planted a seed of awareness that's right. all I really wanted right like if, it, if someone's gonna be an a-hole which I did have a couple for the most part everyone was pretty darn awesome um it was there it's like I'm paying attention I'm telling you I'm, I'm doing this what's going on as a coach I'm planting this seed in your mind. If you can even be slightly aware, that's all that I can ask. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask is it reminded me a lot of like the culture building that happens in a corporate environment, yes. right? Like Excellent. you try to manufacture to some degree the experience that you want your employees to have. Yeah. And it works. It works for a long time. Um, it works more for some and less for others, depending on how bought in you are to whatever it is you're trying to create, develop, sustain. Um, but as I was thinking about kind of the last kind of corporate experience that I had where it was really strong in the beginning, but as the years went on, it sort of, you know, people were like, yeah, lip service. I'm just going to check the box, yeah. take the, do the attestment, but I really don't 
I don't give a shit. Well, <laughs> so. I think I think that's nature, though. I think over oh, time sure. you like you drink the Kool Aid hard, then you start to see some truths truths around things, and you start to get to know yourself better. And again, mm-hmm. it may or may not have been my people. I've evolved from this; they've evolved from me. Mm-hmm. Whatever, yeah. like things just take their course. And yeah, I do think impact loses its you know <laughs> place in your head over time, no matter what it is. When it becomes so yeah, second nature that it almost you almost feel like a, a reinvestment in yeah whatever. Yeah. Right. And well, and that's where I think you got to keep kind of like evolving, keep things fresh or going to the next challenge or yeah. having that set check-in of like, oh my God, this used to scare the crap out of me. And now I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember my, if any of my, or uh, George Mason humans are listening to this at some point, um, by my fifth year, so I had my, cause I turned my ACL, so I had a red shirt. So fifth year, four years of college is standard. I had five. It was long, man. Cause I had that fifth year of eligibility <laughs> and I actually could have graduated I mean, I remember my coach yelled at me. She was like, I mean, we would, like, it was the shrill of your body would freeze when, like, you were in trouble. It's like, did you forget your jersey? Like, we would stay up in the, like, stay up at night for 6 a.m. runs because we thought we were going to die the next day. Like, it was a lot of mental training. Oh, um, my. But, what's that? I said, oh, my. Yeah, no, it was a lot. I thought you said why. I was like, oh, there's no real way of knowing. Um, by my fifth year, she's like, Olsen, why are you going over the line? I was like, I couldn't hear. I don't, I don't know. She's like, 500 push-ups. I was like, cool. I don't even care. I mean, it's not that I didn't care, but I was just like, whatevs, man. You're I've been here way past it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. And I think even at that point, they knew they were just like, cool, bitch, graduate. Like, yeah. <laughs> be done. Let it go. But I, yeah, I think you're like, in the less and less emotional tie you get to it, and you can probably say this with alcohol, yeah. the, I think the easier it is to just be like, Whatever. moving on from here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so minor segue. You know, as you are navigating, you know, um, career switch, being a mom, doing these things, uh, lifestyle comes into it. So it's like not even like, tell me if this is uh, relatable to you. Not only do you, uh, maybe it's not about alcohol, but it's like there's so much going on. I have so much to do. How much does alcohol really fit into this picture regardless if I want to drink or not because it makes me tired or it's one extra step when you're already like super, super busy as a human? How do you navigate that conversation? Has that impacted your world? I mean, I think it's, and I don't know, I can't speak for everyone, but for me in particular, I will consume like a glass of wine or two if I've done everything that I need to do for the day. Yeah. Um, so if I've worked out, if I've gotten work done, if I've, you know, check all the boxes, then it's almost like, okay, I can unwind and I can have a glass of wine. I can have a glass or two and just read a book or watch. I don't really watch TV, so it's usually like read a book. Or Not even The Bachelor? It's really good for your brain. TV watcher. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> Dude, like, stick series. to the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's like, like, I might watch a series if I, somebody tells me it's good and I, then I'll binge watch it. I kind of do that with books too. I get a good book and then I want to stay up all night reading it. So yeah. I, I try not to do either because I know. <laughs> so like, what do you do at night then? Um, you know, it's been an evolution in the past. I was working at night. Yeah. So I wasn't drinking because I was doing, you know, work for my job. Um, now what the heck do I do at night? I don't know. <laughs> Have a yeah. glass of wine. Good night, moon. <laughs> like, I mean, some nights I'll do that. Yeah, and I, I, you know, other nights I'm like working on other stuff. I don't even know. I go to yeah. bed pretty early these days because I'm old as AF. But. Well, I, but again, it's kind of same conversation. Not really yeah. about alcohol, but like now I need to like be up earlier. Like, cause I'm usually a night owl. Like, I would rather stay up late, yeah. get stuff done. Sleep to like nine thirty ish, depending or if I wasn't working out early, yeah. um, and just like let my body sleep because that's kind of what I feel like I recovered my best. Yeah. Um, but now when I have to be up early, it's like okay, I need to get to bed earlier. It's so like that routine, not even let it really have a routine, but like I start kind of that thought process, or at least I try to. And come twenty twenty, that's the goal. Yeah. Um, to get to bed earlier, it's like again, take care of all these boxes. 
um, I don't even know if it's getting older, but when you really start Having to like be involved with a lot. Yeah. 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 I, I found, so this summer I ran, or this fall I ran my first half marathon. Okay. And when I was training, I knew that if I had one drink, just one, I would feel I'd be less fast. My pace would be slower. I'd feel not great. And so having more stuff plus parenting plus work yeah. plus all those things, it made drinking less appealing. Yeah. But again, when I wasn't training for a marathon or I didn't have stuff to do, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, I just want to hang out. Okay, it's, you know, it's easy. I'm going to have a glass of wine or I'm going to have a beer, whatever people consume. But for me, that's when I would drink. It was when I've done everything I need to do. Yeah. It's late at night. Not late at night. You know, it's 8 p.m. <laughs> um, and like, well, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to, sure, why not? Like, tea's fun, but not as fun as having a glass of wine. So. I do. I'm a tea aficionado. Like yeah. detox tea. It's like the open, the, the made the big tea leaves. Anyways, <laughs> we'll say that for another day. It's very, very exciting. Um, I, I do think that's actually really good advice. If you are trying to like step back or weave it out of your life a little bit is commit to something bigger. Anything right, physical, totally. dude, you will notice. And I would probably have a glass of wine here and there, but I've learned with wine. This is why I love te- uh, tequila so much. My body does really like process it well yeah wine I don't sleep different alcohols will like I wouldn't drink I I rarely drink hard alcohol at home just because I don't know like tequila is wonderful but (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) no 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 it's just for me like I would have a glass of wine at home yeah but I wouldn't have wine if I'm going out which I rarely do but you know there's different alcohols for different situations I think I completely agree with that I realized that in my 20s, in my, you know, early 30s, I was like, eh, you know, drink whatever because people, but you go out more, you know, you're more apt to go out and have a good time with your Well, friends. I did once upon a time. <laughs> now yeah. I've been pulling yeah. back because I'm effing tired. And right. I do care about, like, I've gotten leaned so much into, like, the creative your stuff. Your body's more resilient when you're young, though, too. True. You can bounce totally. back. You can do the drinking thing. Totally. And then hit it hard the next day versus now you're like, eh. Well, it. but again, I thought through this and, like, I do think at the older you get, the harder it gets. Fine. But I think as you get older, you really lean into, like, feeling good and knowing what feeling good feels like. Mm-hmm. So I think you're pickier about feeling like shit. Where you're young, you're like, I feel great. I just, you know, drank all night, crushed a Taco Bell, not just Supreme, <laughs> and drank a Gatorade. Let's go run a marathon. Right. But really, you probably feel like shit. You yeah. just don't know it. Yeah. So. Well, I don't, I mean, I think as a, the older you get too, though, Maybe maybe it's you want to be more you want to feel better all the time, but there are definitely I think stress yeah. management is handled differently by different people. Yeah, and that you know we're talking about having a glass of wine or two at night. I don't know. I haven't looked up the numbers, but what if you go beyond that? And people are just so used to living in a default of stress or whatever yeah. that feeling bad is their normal. And so I think that's also an issue for a lot of people where. You know, there's there's that fine line of moderation versus not, and then that creates space for uh, some of the issues that surface where maybe they shouldn't be drinking at all, or it's just it's. But then you know, it comes back to that conversation we were having earlier, where you decide to make a change, it's an abrupt change, you're not drinking, and people are like, oh, what happened to you? What's up with that? Yeah. The stigma. But again, I think that goes with anything, like mm-hmm. mental health and wellness, mm-hmm. or any decision that's really outside of status quo, someone's going to think something about you. So I think step one of that is kind of being ready to be judged in some way. But newsflash, mm-hmm. we're all getting judged in some capacity somewhere. Right. I'm judging and you right now. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, take a look around, ladies and gents. Um, we can barely see you. Anyways, sorry we're videoing. This will come out at some point, probably in 2030 when I figure out YouTube. But 
Um, <laughs> we're young here. Uh, it's, I think it is us going back to like, again, being able to be judged, getting back to like secure space, knowing who you are and then be able to make decisions. And I say this all very casually, like it's mm-hmm. very easy. It's not. Mm-hmm. But alcohol or fitness or, again, any decision that's outside of that status quo is where I think you're going to get thrown for a loop. But on the flip side, which I want to get into next, I think it's a, ma- a major question of control. Right. And as, you know, type A personality, I, I consider myself type A-ish on certain things and then totally not on others. Same. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think most people are a mix of things. Uh the thing that always gets me, whether it's alcohol or fitness or what have you, again, boundaries and, and um, you know, offense up in my world or being on a leash or like having, you know, rules to the game are not good with me. So I know that if alcohol or CrossFit or fitness or whatever is taking over, that's always a good checkpoint for me where it's like, okay, it's not really about drinking or celebrating or training. It's like, this is actually running my life now. And if that happens in any piece of anyone's world even if it's not like to you know the degree of like alcoholism or like we're f- super far to one side it's just like well I'm tired and I didn't get work done it's because we were party to last night or I trained for eight hours and now I can't get work done because I trained so hard yesterday mm-hmm. um that that piece of control that's there I think is a really good balance point for me personally because I can't stand for something to control me where it's it's almost like outside of my decision making then mm-hmm. and then that just messes with every other angle of your life yeah um, absolutely does that kind of factor into your relationship with things? Alcohol, fitness, training, job, family? I mean, there was definitely a time where work was yeah. what I prioritized over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to, but that was you know, sort of the beginning of the end when I'd be at home with my family, with my kids, and in the back of my head, I'm running through all the things I got to do at work and what yeah. I need to do to continue to get ahead. And so I'm with you. I think any sort of and I'll use the word addiction, but any sort of overinvestment of yourself where it's like this relentless pursuit of something or this relentless like focus on something that doesn't serve you is is an issue. And so yeah. pulling back from that, like you can say have moderation in this, that, or the other. It's hard when you're in it. Yeah. Um, and for me, I think it was work uh, for, for, for a long time because I, you know, I saw what it took to get ahead. I saw... Um, other people advancing by doing lots and lots and lots of work and overextending themselves. And I was like, I want what they have, but what I didn't realize is I didn't really want what they had. Well, not Um, to give up everything. I don't think you've not thrown a cost. That was the aha. It's like, no, actually I don't want this at all. I want to be present for my kids. I want to be able to do other things. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's really easy to, you know, over commit yourself to something and not even realize you're doing it because of the environment that you're in. Like I was in an environment where, you know, working tons of hours was the norm. It wasn't unnatural. It was what you did to advance. Um, and if everybody around you is doing that, that's doing it, yeah. your normal. And then you start to develop behaviors that align with what's happening mm-hmm. in the workplace that you don't necessarily, like if you weren't in that situation, you wouldn't behave that way. But now you, it's how you, which is sad, right? Because I, you know, I feel like I'm a strong person and I've got great it's values. And, but when that's your environment, you align with that because it's how you survive almost. Yeah. And so, you know. For me, it was work. For other people, it could be other things. But that was definitely something that I was um, addicted to for a long time. Well, I think that's just human behavior. Again, yeah. it's like groupthink. And there's many, I think, technical textbook t- names for it. Yeah. But really, it's you, you get in a certain like fishbowl world. 
and everything around you that's crazy is normal, so that that's your new normal. It's like yeah. you go from we but it's we so normal not than, normal. Like I used to talk right. with my husband, like it's like Game of Thrones. Yeah. It is. I never watched it, but yes, it's great. That's one series. Where you, you I only watch documentaries. Okay, but also good. <laughs> so I, as I teach yoga, people are like, have you seen the new Bikram documentary? I'm like, oh no, oh, I was supposed to. Yeah, I was going to watch it. Superb. Like I don't know what's happening. I don't oh. teach Bikram, but yeah, that's <laughs> a totally matters. different it's a great animal. yoga format, by the way. Yeah, hot parafusion. Don't write our letters. No, but I, 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 what were we talking about? Um, <laughs> Total pivot on the combo. I don't know. I should just, I completely, I just had my thought around it. Um, oh, the group think and like the formal oh, yeah, textbook, yeah. you know, yeah. conversation. I mean, basically it's a slippery slope because you don't know what's going on until you're out of it. Yes. And that's what I was going to yeah. say. And I was going to ask you, um, like if Trevor or your kiddos or like your good friends pulled you out being like, what the F? Because I think it takes, again, really good people in your life to be really honest with you and be like... This is too much. Like, I had my family be no. like, training this, this environment. Like, you need to stop. This is crazy. And not like, you need to stop, but like, are you happy? Yeah. Yeah. No, so for sure, Trevor, my husband, um, definitely had, we had that conversation. But the kicker is that in that space where you're successful, you're making money, you're getting accolades at work. like You get reinforcement getting, People for are it. like, oh, you're doing so well. And yeah, you get reinforcement for the behavior. So no, it was like, I'm super unhappy here. I don't feel like I'm, you know, living, behaving in a way that really, I, I, you know, it's out of alignment with what I, how I think we should be acting in the workplace. Yeah. Um, and, and, and no, no, it had to be a very much a, a personal thing where I was like, this is not working for me. And it was a tough conversation with Trevor too, where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's not serving me. And it took a lot of conversations. I met with Jen. I had other conversations with other people, but I had to proactively seek that out because everywhere around me was like, you're doing so great. Why would you walk away from something you've worked so hard to accomplish? Mm -hmm. I had multiple people tell me, you're going to leave your job. Like you now they're Kool-Aid sippers. I don't know if they're Kool-Aid sippers, but I think there's, I think there's some glamor in success, right? There's some glamor in, in, whatever but you know if you're well, if it looks good on instagram i, I get it totally. i mean this is the business well, i'm in instagram. i get it like, well, yeah but i mean just in general sure. like, like oh it looks great but you feel like shit on the inside that doesn't but it that but, doesn't count but, i mean i mean i'm just instagram like marketing and branding like let's put this you know semi-okay product in a really varsity packaging and sell mm-hmm. it and it looks really good and we've got the right people slinging it. So even it's not that great, everyone's talking about it and everyone has it. So they've got it. Kylie Jenner's posting about it and this and that. Insert, you know, fire Festival. Like it's the best thing. Three months later, Just it didn't happen. Yeah. Cheese sandwich with a you, Right? And you might die and or get robbed. Like it's, I mean, it, 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 I don't know. Again, I think you have to really consciously pull back and like cling to your core values or take that note to find them out. And then keep good people around you that when it gets heavy, and you may or may not listen, because again, most of my like type A varsity humans like present a challenge, they're going to stick to it. They're going to get it. And I have so much respect for that, and I identify with that, even if it kills us. Um, and, you know, that type is usually survivor, so you can withstand a lot. Like, it takes a lot to, like, get into that break point of, like, breakdown, breakthrough, and it's like, what am I actually doing right now? Right. I'm miserable. This is costing me family time, time with my dogs, time with my family, whatever. Um, and And inserting like a pivot point there like that's really really hard it is I mean I I didn't even know I thought my core values were one thing until I really did some work to understand they were something else because you're creating 
you know, you're, everything that I was doing before was based on what I thought I should be doing, what I saw around me. So it is hard to pivot. And if you don't know what your true values are mm -hmm. and you're comfortable with what those values are, then you're not going to make that leap. And it took a lot of work to get to that point to be able to say, I thought I cared about this. This is what I really care about. And that's okay. Right. Um, and then, you know, being able to walk away from something that doesn't serve you, that's it's super hard. It, well, it is. And this is why I am passionate about like marketing branding. It's not that, again, it's about these, you know, sale points or, you know, Rolexes or things you can buy or success. It's like the OG philosophy of like reality is nothing more than applied meaning. Mm -hmm. So because I've been fed this dream of do this, you will get this. And it doesn't matter how you actually feel. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what you got to do. And then you get a little bit older and you're like, I'm genuinely unhappy. Yeah. And everything I was taught and supposed to be and want to do, I don't really want to do that. So what's, what's that question? And I don't think, I don't even blame anyone or anything. It's just like societies, our social norms, you know, what we grew up with. However, this is the positive side, I think, of social media podcasts, these conversations where it's like our kiddos can hear this stuff and be yeah. like, oh, well, maybe I don't have to have this question at like 30. Right. Maybe it can be like 15 right. or earlier. Yeah. Like that's I mean, pretty. I will tell you the darkest point for me in the last like decade was right after I got promoted. Really? The role that I wanted at my job. Wow. And yeah. why was that? I hit my goals, and then afterwards I was like, that's it. And then yeah. I thought, okay, so now I have to keep going. Like, it just it felt like never enough. Yeah. Like I was never going to be enough. I always had to well, keep moving like forward. Yeah, and when I hit that point and I had all the things that I thought I wanted and that I thought I should accomplish, totally lost my sense of purpose. Yeah. It's like, now what? Um, so that was hard. It was like very, I don't, I, I was probably depressed. Um, well, I think it, I was like, what do I do now? Yeah. Like, I'm going to walk away from everything that I've, I wasn't thinking that at the time, but I was like, this is, this is it. This is it. This yeah. is it. I can't spend another decade here, you know, climb or decade climbing the corporate ladder when I, well, dude, then you're 90 and you yeah. look back and if you, you know, let's say you made $10 million over 10 years. So each year you made a million dollars, but those were 10 years you were without like your kids and whatnot. And it sucks if you did spend those 10 years, but if you have all that money and you literally broke it down the dollar to the hour that was not with your yeah. family, it's like, is that really worth your, what it costs? I think, I think there's a point where for me personally, it was like, I needed to have that 15 years of work experience. That yeah. for me, I wasn't thinking about other things and you know, that I needed that experience. For you. I needed that journey. I needed those lessons that I learned. But then I also needed to walk away when I realized this is no longer serving you and you're no longer serving them. Like, it's yeah. just not good on both sides. Um, and I think that's a point where, for me, it took a year to get comfortable with that decision. And I know a lot of people who were in the same boat as I was who don't walk away because they're afraid of what they're going to lose. They're afraid of what might happen to their quality of life when in reality they might have the financial means but they yeah. are miserable you yeah. know or um they're using alcohol other things to relieve stress that they don't even know that they have because that's just how they operate i mean we have friends where you're like what just happened here <laughs> yeah um and they're like oh i'm fine you're like no actually no just kidding yeah so yeah i think it's, it's really hard to make big changes when you've been doing something a certain way and when society does tell you like this is normal this yeah. is how you should live your life and to say Ugh, you know no i i can't do this for me it was a very personal i know i can't continue on in this space 
making the leap was hard. I definitely, you know, God bless my husband because it made that a little bit easier. Yeah. We also were smart about it. We saved money. We had a plan in place. We, yeah. I wasn't just like, F it, I'm out. Um, well, there's... Which matters too. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was going to say. I think there is... I understand, like, you're younger, you work maybe 24 hours, you don't have kiddos yet, or you can kind of just be, like, you know, hooked to the game and play yeah. that way for a while and then and do it responsibly because we all got to pay bills, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. And you also got to service, like, your own self, like, needs and competitive edge and whatnot. And I think mm-hmm. that's um, – that should be championed, that you took that time and you were like, this actually does matter to me, and I do want to reach these goals. And then when I get to the top, it's kind of like, oh. And, like, my my – comparative journey and that like where I identify and relate to that isn't probably work I would want to say because I still have goals right um yeah but yeah but it would be like the team stuff it's like okay well we get to the pinnacle of something and like I mean on all my fitness like I wanted to win a d1 championship with lacrosse I wanted to go to the games as individual and be up there and I'm so thankful it worked out as the team um but like you kind of you get to like the top quotes and then you look back and you're like okay well, everything I really enjoyed of that was really the journey, the training days, the, you know, mm-hmm. matching outfits or, you know, talking about like, we, we all have to eat Just this shit food. So matching I mean, outfits, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> I should have told you what to wear today. I know, right? um, but like all the little things in between and it kind of kicks back to where it's like, okay, I got to the end point. And if that's how it's going to be the end of my life. And all I really cared about was that what I enjoyed was the journey pieces. And though the piece of the, the, the pieces of the journey pieces that I enjoyed were like family time or this. And like when I'm going to work, I have anxiety or going to train, I have anxiety. I don't want to be there your body, your mind, everything's telling you something. Mm-hmm. We're resilient to work through that for so long until you can't anymore. But when you're constantly in that environment or drinking, you know, marketing messages or cultural messages or the five people around you messages, this is what's real. This is what you get championed on. Mm-hmm. You've got bulimia and everyone's telling you how great you look skinny. It's mm-hmm. like you're going to keep up these behaviors until you can really like jump into that tidal wave and like put up a stand. What? I mean, I agree with you, and I think it's pretty great, actually, you have the self-awareness to say, I enjoyed the journey in the space. Oh, this took time. This took time. Well, I I mean, the the, the reflection, it is so much about how we do, results-oriented. Like, the journey does not matter as long as you get the outcome, and so I think that's where it gets really messy for people who are in a corporate setting in particular that well this is like, pro sports i mean yeah. i just well, i didn't get to level where we were gonna yeah. get paid but no it's you either win or lose anything else yeah. together does not matter so yeah. no i, I get like, it yeah i just never got paid a person on the side but you're getting yeah. the outcomes that are desired then cool yeah you know? and i think that's the hard part and i think we're bringing more of that more consciousness into everything we do more mindfulness is really critical for the success of businesses in the future and for the success of humans just on an individual level because that's yeah. really missing and i think that is very much glamorized in our society today where it's like you see the Kylie Jenners, you see the the athletes and then behind the scenes you're like, yeah. what the hell? But it doesn't matter because they've got the things that we um, covet, you know? Yeah. So, and that leads to a lot of people being like, well, my process is super shitty and my outcomes are super shitty. So therefore I suck. And you've got people who, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, but it is. Yeah. Also, it's a motivator if you use it in the right way, but it's uh, it's, well, it's a slippery slope. Again, that and I think that's just like alcohol. Like it's such a balanced piece, and it yeah. stems back to like mindfulness of yourself. Because some people can have you know ten drinks and then not drink, or like maybe a drink once a day, and it's not a big deal. It's all like relative to you and your world. Um, and having that kickback of like, where am I at? What am I really doing? Is this being glamorized? Am I doing this because I saw this in a music video, or I'm just doing it to unwind? And it's that conversation with yourself and that self-awareness. Um, and I will say, I, I don't think that 
that journey and that process should ever really end. Mm -hmm. Like it continues as you get older, maybe even more so Mm -hmm. because we are, you know, exposed to more things. Although our kiddos are exposed to a lot through, you Mm -hmm. know, digital stuff. Um, but as adults, we do get locked into our little worlds mm-hmm. and you kind of get set into a routine and then you're kind of exposed to things on like a whim, I want to say. Um, like I started yoga, I take Jessica's class, it's wonderful. Yeah, and, you know, if I'm new to it, I'm like, okay, well, what, you know, what mat should I buy? Or like, when do I sign up? Or what class should I, like, you're so naive to some things, you just kind of go with like the influencer that's around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just, just these constant checking points of like, how does this make me feel? Do I really want to be doing this? And what are the repercussions of partaking in this? Yeah, it's like knowledge is power, but awareness yeah. is a superpower. Yes. Like you can know yes. things, but that whole like awareness and being present and mindful is just even next level compared to just knowing, right? It's yeah. doing as well. Um, yeah. So what's, so now that like you've kind of gone through um, the swing, new businesses out, mm-hmm. uh, what is, what is your balance like now? Like what's the conversation around party, play, and work? It's actually way better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, way better. Um, I didn't realize how off balance I was when I was in the space that I was before because I think I that was everyone, right? Like everyone yeah. around me was in the same boat. Um, it took me a good three months to – I took the summer off, kind of reset everything, realized, remembered what it was like to feel relaxed. That's our natural state. Yeah. And I was very unfamiliar with that and didn't realize it until I went through that process. But now – Having balance means I'm not giving up my time um, to things that don't align with my my values. And so yeah. before, like physical fitness, I've got this M3 framework that I'm working on, um, movement, meditation, mindset, right? And before, when I was committed to my professional development at my career, I was spending most of my time working, which means I was spending less time um, exercising or meditating or whatever it was those were the first things that would go I would immediately you know if I had very limited time drop the kids off go to work whatever that's what I would prioritize and for it's been actually kind of a struggle to get to that point where I'm okay with my I'm not going to say lack of progress but the pace of how quickly my business is moving forward because I'm no longer willing to give up those things that serve me in the ways that I need to be served. So but dude, that's huge progress exercise. right there. Oh, it's that's for huge. Sure, for sure. Huge. I, 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 yoga, running, yeah. um, uh, taking care of myself through eating nourishing foods, meditation, all yeah. those things. I prioritize though, those and I do them versus being like, well, shit, I have to get other stuff done and like going to work. And then, oh, but dude, long term, that's so important. I know. And then, you know, and the stress, so I, I feel less stressed because I'm in more control of my schedule mm-hmm. and therefore instead of relieving stress by having drinks, I can just read a book without it, right? Like I right. can do those things without needing alcohol to sort of numb the stress and kind of come down because before it was like, I almost needed it to like stop the thinking. Like, I'm just yeah. Have a hey, glass of wine. what's up girlfriend? That's my dog. Um, Boing. and then, yeah. and now it's like, I don't even, I, I went on a vacation did not drink at all. And it was like the first vacation wow. it was like this past summer to Florida. And I was like, I don't even need alcohol to relax because I'm already relaxed. Yeah. So yeah, much better. That's um, I actually feel like that's a pretty fast transition. Uh, Going from like high paced spin to like yeah. fully calm. Well, like it's still hard for me to be weekly, calm at times. Not, I didn't do it alone. Okay. Weekly coaching from like a life coach, entrepreneurial coach. Good for um, you. Yeah, I know it takes, it takes talking it out. Honestly. Yeah. Well, again, this is all new. PTSD from being in that space. 
Um, you have to withdraw. You, to, you had to withdraw, and you had to, to talk about what you're feeling. And it was crazy because things would come out in the conversations I had with my coach that were related to me kind of re- reducing stress. I even went back to things like my childhood and blah, blah, blah. It all adds like up. Leaving my job, I ha- started thinking about my dad. You know, like my dad died when I, when, when I was in high school. Yeah. When we were in high school. And I was like, how is this even related and where would this thought come from? But like weird stuff came out that when you're in that go, 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 you're not, you know, I don't know. There's a connection there, but who well, knows? I think you it's, just, it's, it's the unwinding is a process yeah. and it requires a little help. I think, do you think even staying busy, and this is kind of like something I've unpacked, like staying busy kind of numbs you out from like addressing anything else. Not 100%. Yeah. So then like, 100%. I didn't even really know there was shit that I didn't like or didn't care about as I unpacked stuff. I was like, Oh, okay. Didn't know that was a thing, yep. but now that we're yep. here, you go and let Sitting that clock that run. Space. That's why I love that yeah. you're doing yoga too. Cause it's such a great way to physically. Oh, yoga is so awesome. Exercise, but well, also like it, you get those. There's mindset, the there's physical. And the mindset, well, yeah, for sure. It's any which way you spin it, it's all connected. And if you don't deal with your shit, everybody has shit. is real. Yeah, then you don't, it, 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 it's always there. So yeah. the earlier you can deal with it, there's no stigma around it. Even if there is, who cares? Deal with it early or at least have the, the plant the seed, acknowledge it. Yep. And, and as you grow, like, just grab some space to, like, get back, check in with yourself, even casually. And then when you can get formal, afford to, time and energy and, and budget, so be it. But the irony, of the, kind of to like what you were just saying is, and this is what where it's so hard for what it's I all do. Distractions. What are you distracting? Yourself well, it's with? all distractions, and it, so in a society where we're we're keeping up with the Joneses or the Kardashians or whatever, uh, and we're you know drinking marketing and branding, or you're in an environment where it's constantly consuming your thinking and shaping your reality, it's hard for us to not only break through, question a better way, and then pivot, but understand that your decisions when you choose to eat better and sleep and then you show up to your yoga class, which is an influential position, whether you know it or not, and you can like present a mindful, you know, quote or two or playlist and then have like an intro and outro that's super like impacting. Like that changes those seven people's that you just coached or 12 or whatever or 50 day immensely. And that's not a measurable Mm -hmm. like human wise or business wise. Mm -hmm. And this is what's so hard with me where I'm like, no, we need to get good humans doing good things. I'm like, well, how do we measure it? I'm like, Ugh. I don't know, but I've seen it. It works and it matters because I've experienced it and this mm-hmm. is a thing. And I know long-term it will become a thing, but old school business doesn't get it. And it's not about the business. It's about society. But where are the messages coming through? Business. Mm-hmm. So it's like I champion those pivots and those decisions that seem little, but you taking care of yourself and then putting yourself in front of an audience, whether it's social media, coaching, teaching, being a mom, showing through the PTO meeting are huge. Because you're presenting that those messages to the rest of the world around you, even if it's five or six people, mm-hmm. and more than likely, if it's a yoga class or PTO, those are five well, or like six of their leaders, guest, right? Like you're creating space to be vulnerable, yeah. honest, authentic, and then people can connect to that message. Because I hope so, <laughs> no, absolutely. No, I love listening because you're in, you know, your interview style for one is very much like let's just have a conversation, which is great because it literally uh, is. Because it literally is. But I think we need more of that versus. Yeah. You know, I've, I've tried to enter into the Instagram, like create a profile for myself, but every part of it, I'm like, I don't know if this feels authentic because it's pictures of me that are beautiful, but I, and that's okay. Like manufactured, which is totally okay. I think what people are craving is a little bit more messiness, right? A little bit more like you're great, but you also are real and you have, you know, this, the same trials, tribulations that I have versus everything, even if the message is super strong, you know, in a social media perspective, even if it's a great uplifting, we need that vulnerability. We need that 
messiness to connect. Otherwise, it just feels like, well, what am I, what am I not doing yeah. right or wrong to, you know, have that? And life is way more messy, way more complex than just pictures and words. Like it's, you know, well, two steps forward, one step back. That is just the name, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. gotta again, you gotta have to like do these leaps, and sometimes it doesn't always work out. A lot of times, it doesn't. But if you look at like um, the 10,000 foot view of just society itself, we came from this super, you know, American conservative space, leave it to Beaver. And then there's like, you can see patterns like revolution. There's like the 60s and then the 70s are like super hippie and we're like well, against all this stuff. And yeah, nobody can drink alcohol. And then shit got crazy. Yeah, here. Like, God bless. <laughs> yeah. Here, let's go do all the weirdest things ever. And Again, too many boundaries. Too, right. Yeah. You need to have uh, moderation, but we, we get, I think as a culture too, we get so down on ourselves where it's where we think we have to cut it off or, or not. It's very black and white. And that is just not how life is. Life is super gray area and getting comfortable with that. I don't think, I think that's like the next opportunity for our generation, for our younger generation is to recognize like, it's not this cookie cutter linear approach. Um, there's a lot of pivots, a lot of well don't let that like snowball to a bigger problem when you right. just nipped a smaller problem in the ass and yeah. now we're like all the way to you know i don't want to be here anymore and it's just right. like well actually just get out of the environment that you're in because it's toxic and you hate it it doesn't yeah. it's not what you want to be doing anyways yeah um and i you know where the reason i wanted this cast and i was so pumped about it was because you know jessica and i we do we love to have fun we'll out there you know i love to dance party if you ever can't find me just check the dance floor the dance there's floor. nobody She's there usually by herself yep it's super weird but <laughs> it's just Whitney houston and i um it, i love the fun i love the party and then i'm hungover i'm like oh not today bad decisions but that balance is huge and i think this conversation is important not necessarily to have a solution for anyone i just encourage everybody if it's something's on your mind and you want to talk about it or you're like excuse me it, how did you navigate this? It may or may not be a big deal. Talk about it. And it's because when Jessica, I, we started talking, she was like, Oh, thank God you feel this way. I was like, Dude, me too. I'm glad you're like kind of in this boat. Like, yeah. does it have to be either or? Like, should we not be doing this because we are wellness and fitness and we've got all this stuff to do? We're launching businesses, businesses further. Yeah. What, like, what is the balance? So I think the basic takeaway is you, talk to the people that you trust and that you respect. And nine times out of 10, I think, even if they're like, grade a game rocket science whatever there's gonna be some human piece that's like you know what i actually hear you and i i was kind of wondering that myself yeah and that space in itself just like no and you're not alone in this conversation let's freaking talk about it this is all normal yeah that was that that was a a day after we went out (laughs) truth in yoga let it be known (laughs) yeah after yoga class i was like what happened yeah (laughs) not that we didn't know what happened but it was like whoa things turned up it was fine but i was like Uh, what's going on in suburbia let it be known yeah but i think but i think though recognizing that that does happen and not having shame or guilt or whatever around it is Oh, it was great. Yeah. But it was also like, whoa. We were back in high school. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but but it, it, it does happen, and it's okay, and not, you know, being like, well, I did this, therefore I am never going to kind of get to where I want to be. It's yeah. just so not true, and I think creating space for that conversation is really healthy, and I think that's why we wanted to get together and just talk about how, you know, everything fits together, and that just because you have things that happen, you know, it doesn't mean that that dictates how things are going to happen in the future. Right. And funny enough, I was listening to another podcast today, um, and there was this woman who was talking about Maya Angelou and how I think she was working for the Clinton administration or she was like the poet laureate or something like that. Okay. And she told the story where you know Maya Angelou, very respected, um, ha- went to this event and was like blackout drunk and was hitting oh, on men. You, I, I've watched all the documentaries. Like, yeah, and I'm like, 
I am so grateful for this in this moment because of the conversation we were going to have today where it's like you can be the things and still be human and have those slip ups and still be all the things. Dude, Tumor Guns Heal It. That was all the size. Right? Yeah. And like ideally we get to a place where the swings are less dramatic, where it's less polarizing and we can find that midpoint. But man, that journey is so real for everyone where saying, you know, even this woman who is so revered or revered or whatever the hell word is. Yeah. She still had that shit happen to her too. I'm like, God and bless. You, you know? love her even more. Like that's even makes it even better. And but I think it's first of all, I think my Dogs. creatives always turn up. Yeah, yep. my security's here. Okay. Um, and I, I watched through it. So Nina Simone, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, Maya Angelou, they all used to get together and have like parties, like civil rights. I'm like, could you imagine those conversations in those rooms? And it's like you're having drinks, you're having fun, but it's like passion and fiery personalities and like truly statement making. Like we're gonna like die for this cause. Co- I mean, that's some like. It gives me the chills thinking like that. The room of that is incredible. Yeah. Um, my parties are working on getting that important. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 remarkable. It's been like a computer screen. Um, and I think again, you can see somebody that's this powerful and this influential and this impactful, and then she turns up. It's like, oh my God, you're also a human. You're also a human. That's that makes her message that much is more impacting. And that's why I think some of the dangers of social media are because yeah. you see all the beauty air quotes here <laughs> yeah. but behind the scenes you're like oh my yeah but then let's talk about that behind the scenes because that's the real stuff and yeah. if there's more awareness of that then everyone becomes again awareness is a superpower then you can start to make the changes you want to feel good in yourself because not everybody's going to feel great getting turned up yeah but not everybody's going to feel terrible too if they do that as well so how do you just normalize it for yourself and recognize what's what you're okay with and then if you feel any sort of shame guilt whatever around it make the right choices to be mindful so you don't do in the future which i think for me personally has been the hardest lesson because things like alcohol the second you have more than you know one drink you're like oh all those things i thought before who cares getting turned up is super fun let's Let's go have a party let's dance party on a wednesday that was me yeah (laughs) well but again i think these like these check-in points are universe prescribed or like, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's check this in. I don't, I think they're good almost because For if you sure. kind of stay in this like Manila zone where everything's okay all the time, it's like, okay, we'll give a pulse. Right. Like, are you like testing things at all? Like, I do think you need to be out there on the limit kind of, you know, forging ground. You don't need to be like in jail or like picked up off the street, but like, I think it's kind of kind of like pushing and then you put, you come back and like pushing and you come back. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's actually a really healthy way to be. Um, yeah. versus trying to just live within these boundaries all the time that's that's inauthentic not that's not and, healthy yeah yeah sure. and you're not you're not being yourself and I think that in yourself will drive you to drink or do whatever you do whatever your outlet is or even drive you to do things and then keep it a secret which creates yeah. a whole other like host of issues oh. like I'm fine you're like Ugh. and now you have liver cancer because you're yeah. angry oh, and, and, and oh yeah shit things will show up in other oh. places yes yes <clears throat> gotta, gotta get through that shit so reach out to your friends. Be aware of your check-in points. Um, I would say if anyone, a major factor for me of being like, okay, let's just dial in life in general, whether it's, you know, going to bed on time, you know, having, you know, a few drinks versus like 10. Yeah. Um, dance party, cut that off by 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. Uh, is is <laughs> being, right? Also true. Uh, is having something like some physical, something accountability. Now that I'm training less, it's been easier to party more which I'm down with for a time being. But now that I'm getting back to training, I'm like, okay, we feel like shit. So if you're, if you're kind of trying to navigate 
that switch over instead of like super policing yourself i would encourage like sign up for a marathon or start training classes or do something this isn't me telling you go show go show up do your workout when you feel like shit you'll be like mm, i'm gonna eat better a little bit yeah. i'm gonna do this and that's a process but it will incentivize you greatly for sure 100 percent agree um outside of that i don't know i'm just trying to think for me personally i'm no doctor and or nutritionist but i'm little Pieces that have dialed me back in are certainly like deliverables, schedule, work within balance, training, um, and then also, ironically, not having hard like boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is my personality, so you, everyone needs to seek their own. Um, but it's like like I have can- a bowl of candy. I mean, I'm not really a candy person anyways, but it sits out and it's there, and I'm like, eat if I want. I never eat it. Same. So yeah. it's it, get to know yourself and know like kind of what pushes you either. And this could be alcohol, it could be food, it could be love, sex, whatever. Like, find those things that that resonate with you and then see which way works for your brain. Like, if you take everything away, are you really good with restriction or are you really good with everything being free and then you monitor yourself? Right, yeah. I think that's such a great call-out, Kristen, because for me as well, if I tell myself no, then I'm like, I want it even more. Yeah. But if it's there, I'm like, you can have it. Right. I'm like, eh, I don't really care. So it's almost <laughs> like, <clears throat> I don't know what, what that stems from, but I'm in the same boat as you. I do think for some people that abstain piece is really important. Completely agree. But I also think that, you know, it's there are a lot of people who could just be more mindful about what they're doing, but that's so hard, you know. So if you can't be mindful about, okay, I can have it, but then not the entire bowl of candy, then you probably shouldn't have it in your in your view. Completely um, agree. If you can say, I can have it, and then you don't want it. Again, you got to figure out your own stuff, but it is such a real situation and that for, can for anything well and that conversation can negate a lot though too if you can kind of dial in which which way you work there that can make it a lot easier versus mm-hmm. like because then you just like punish yourself like you're mad if yourself if totally. you indulge or if, and if you're not going to change your behavior then that leads to a whole other yes. host of issues yeah for sure. well, wanting to change is also a major piece um i really want to touch on really quick and we'll wrap up but um you know you had people in your life that were no longer drinking and yes. i thought this was a really relevant piece to talk about where um you you said person doesn't want to drink anymore, so they, they were kind of okay going to parties, but everybody around them was really weird. Yeah. So what do you think is, like, a good way for people, the the, the drinkers, um, to be around non-drinkers? Like, is it to be like, are you down with us drinking or conversate around it or not be weird? Like, what's a good way to navigate that? So I think what makes it, from the conversation I have with the person who, in my life who stopped drinking, um, what made it more awkward for them was when people were delicate around the conversation but would still consume alcohol you know in front of them just don't make it an issue yeah don't make it a big deal for them don't make it a big deal for you you do you they'll do them um and that's what made this you know this person in my life feel weird about their choice to not drink was because people like oh i think i might have something for you to drink i think i you know making it weird just don't like let them do, do them and you do you and that'll make it a lot better um I've because seen that you're still going through something too, like making yeah. the decision to not drink, whether it is because of an addiction or because of a health reason or whatever it is. Um, pregnancy, that's yeah. a you know pregnancy, whatever. Okay. Like if they just don't make it a make it an issue, because then it becomes an issue with that awkwardness around the topic. I do. I even so Trevor and I were vegans for a little while. I was just so going to say this is the same like vegan vegetarian, conversation, vegetarians. Yeah. Oh, and this was that. Okay. fifteen years ago. As what? well. Okay. I read that skinny bitch, whatever that book was, and I was like, oh. Ew, With um, the housewife gross. girl? 
Um, no, she does that skinny but strength calories. I read oh. a book where it was like all the animal rights and health. And oh, stuff. well, I've actually, I'm more, I'm, I'm eating less meat because of that whole animal conversation. And the environment oh, yeah, there's as a lot of whole, great documentaries. Yes. You get a lot yeah. of protein out of, you know, leafy greens. Yep. Um, but when we did that, it was before, it was very, you know, there wasn't a ton of products out there where you could get alternatives to meat and dairy. And so my family was like, how's your diet? Yeah. How's your diet? I'm like, this is a way of life. Now, I eat meat now because <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just sort of evolved. But McDonald's in the moment, open. it was like, okay, stop talking about this. I can eat. I can pick around the food. I can bring my own food. I can do whatever. You're making it weird, and which makes me feel weird. Yeah. And it actually kind of chipped away at my resolve, to be totally honest, where yeah. I was like, oh, man, I should just probably just eat meat. Oh, don't but again, that environment, me. it's the same conversation. Yeah. So and it's alcohol, they're like, oh, it's just easier to drink. Yeah. When, if you have a problem, it maybe it is in the moment, but then you're, you know, for people who, yeah. like I have another person in my life, just saying yes is a really bad choice for that person. Well, and I, th- I think there's two levels there when it's like someone chooses not to have in their life and then others with like, I think they genuinely need support and like, we're all not going to drink or like, we're not going to keep it around them. I think there's yeah, a level to that combo. There's situations where you got to be respectful. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I, and I would even say that with food or dairy or veganism or like eating disorder, like all the things you, you know, when you need to really be sensitive once it's crossed the line of like, we're actually into like, a disorder or an addiction or something on the next level versus like a choice to abstain. Um, but either way, I think both of those are conversations Yeah. and whether you need to support it be yourself. For sure. I agree with you. I will say though, if my family hadn't treated it like a big deal and just like, all right, you know, whatever, it would have made it a lot easier. I believe that. But I think that applies to once that person's made that decision on their own, if somebody needs support in something, that's a totally different conversation. Where yeah. Like I see you you might need a little help that requires an intervention. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I would challenge anyone that's like, because again, anything out of status quo, and even again, when you're aware, we've done the work, blah, 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 we still have work to do. Even when you're aware and you're in the zone, we still have our like unconscious, like Mm -hmm. status quo bias. So I would challenge anyone to again, keep that awareness, keep kind of like that self check-in of like, oh, you're a vegan? Cool. What? Well, I guess I get two burgers now because you won't have, like instead of having that whole commentary being like, Oh, wow. Okay. Wait, am I judging? Do I think it's weird because I don't do it? Do I think it's weird because society says this is weird? Mm-hmm. Or do I do I actually even think it's weird at all? Like those little, like or that little internal dot. Because that person's doing something where you're like, maybe I should do more right. of that. Yeah. Um, in yoga, we talk about keep your eyes on your mat. Like don't worry about oh. what's happening around you. There's nothing you can physically do to get to a point where somebody else is at in that moment yeah. for a lot of different reasons. Just keep your eyes on your mat. Why well, do that literally in your class? Because I am dying and I have to. Um, I and I have no ego in at all. I on your mat. I'm like, you forward. You're like, you're doing a pose that isn't a thing. That's. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Sleeping <laughs> ran over roadkill. We need. Are you alive? <laughs> you're doing, there's no winning in yoga. That's the best part. Yeah, I love it. Non-competitive physical activity. It's way chill. Um, well, I appreciate you. Thank you for taking your time. Yeah. It's New Year's Eve. Happy I, New Year's Eve, everybody. I sincerely appreciate it. Yes. Don't drink and drive. Don't think and drive. Um. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep your uh your bootstrap tight um i think the baseline of this conversation is like keep in touch with your community and if there's something to conversate about talk about it uh if something does or doesn't feel right talk about it and be kind to yourself like we can totally. all have these everything like is normal yeah break everything down and get back absolutely normal and no shame yeah. in our game 
And if you're really good at partying, holla. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, But stay safe out there. We'll check back in. Um, Please, Jessica, give us the quick 411 on where we find you, your businesses, where you at. My business is www.apogy.biz, apogy.biz. If you want some professional development, I'm going to launch our first course in the first quarter of 2020. Also, we're going to get into the conscious leadership, conscious company space. So, um, I'll bring that M3 movement meditation mindset framework to that. If you want a little bit of inspiration, I'm tapping into uh, Instagram. It's uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still getting heart. in love with it, but I, it's a slow process. Jess Crow underscore M3. My platform really that I'm leveraging is LinkedIn, uh, Jessica Crow. I think that was like one of the early adopters. So I was going to say, that's great name, you have that. Name. Yeah. Okay. So uh, connect with me there. I would love to connect. Yeah. Um, check Jessica out and her class. Do you want to say where it's at? Oh yeah, when? I teach at a core power um in Stapleton Monday nights at seven fifteen, noon on Wednesdays. There's some amazing teachers there. Actually go to any yoga studio, there's gonna be some great teachers, but come check me out. We'd love to have you in class and take class with you. I'm always there. Checking all the boxes on the business front, on the mindful front, on the fitness front. I'm here for it. On the party front. Um, <laughs> no, I genuinely appreciate the eclectic mix of you being a human being. I think I used to serve here in the same boat. We out here. Yep. Um, it's good. And, and, you know, I was I want to. I always. This podcast is five minutes old, so there's no always yet. Um, but I'd love to check back in and see where it's at, specifically when, like, new businesses are starting, pivot point in life. Um and then maybe we'll have a conversation. And for all my young people that might be listening, we're a little bit older. Uh, and know that we're still having these conversations. So be <laughs> kind to yourself when you're young. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but really, sure. like when you're a kiddo, man, we, we've done a lot of time and energy and um, into figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, the breakdown, breakthrough, what have you. You're in a survival Kiddos. mode for most of the yeah. first half of your life. And then you finally kind of figure it out. And then you are less in that space. And you've got more room in your mind to think about these topics yeah are we hypothetically halfway there yeah, I, hope. I feel like i should have more figured out so even on that note not to completely take away everything i just said still looking through it yes um all right anyways check jessica out i'll post all of our information i appreciate you happy new year happy here new comes year. 2020 this I'll, year yeah this will be in 2020 yet. when i get up there so yay 2020 we're in here appreciate you cheers thanks Kayla. <laughs>